Hi, this is Millie, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you will find the validation and love that you've been searching for. Like always, welcome to the new people listening to my podcast, and I hope that you can get some healing from listening to my experiences and the experiences of others that I have come across. And to my loyal listeners, thank you so much, and I hope that I can do something for you. Um, I'm not going to say too much today, but there is something in the works so that we can spread the word, because this is something that is still not accepted in society. Um, so we need to do something to open people's eyes to get the word out. And I'm in the process of doing that. If you don't already do so, please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers. All one word. I will put it in the show notes. Okay, so let's get going with what this podcast is about. I uh, put a post on Instagram and someone asked me what podcast is to talks about this. And I thought I had uh, recorded one, but I had not. And it was about health anxiety and emetophobia. Emetophobia is the fear of vomiting. In many cases, the fear of you vomiting or the fear of someone vomiting around you. Um, I suffer from that. Not me. If I get sick, I get sick. But if I see someone get sick, I'm probably going to join them because I'm, I get very anxious. Um, all of, like, all of the adrenaline just goes through my body and then I get nauseous and I can't get my head straight. Um, which, ironically, I was a teacher and I had a child, <laughs> get sick in class, and that was a disaster. I'm not going to go into the details, especially if you're listening to this, you're afraid and don't want to hear it. Okay. And health anxiety, which is, are you a medical Googler like me? Uh, You have any symptom, um, you're not feeling well, and you start to look things up. Um, If you're going to start a new medication, you look up all of the side effects, which is not a good thing to do because... Those are possible side effects, um, but I do it too. I'm guilty. Um, you look up for, you look up everything that you feel because you think that you have the worst case scenario. You know, you're having a heart attack or you have cancer or whatever. So that's health anxiety. And, and that's a horrible thing to have because we're human beings. And yes, we do have things. Um, and Sometimes we have to deal with health issues and sometimes it's not a health issue. It's a health anxiety issue. And how do we know the difference? I learned it the hard way. Um, in 2019, I was diagnosed with Graves disease, which is uh, when your autoimmune system or your immune system attacks your thyroid and makes it hyper, makes it overwork. And the symptoms for that are pretty bad. Um, 
things like nausea, diarrhea, insomnia, profuse sweating, heat intolerance, joint pain, extreme exhaustion. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I was having those symptoms, but I did not connect them. So the what I ended up doing was going to the doctor, which really my mother didn't take me to the doctor after a certain age. And thankfully, they did test my thyroid and, and we got to the bottom of it. Okay, so health anxiety and, and emetophobia. So you probably never even thought about why am I afraid of vomit? <laughs> you know, it doesn't come up that often. But the fear of vomit comes from things that happen to us as children that we may not even remember, okay? It may come down to something that happened when you were two, three. You know, little kids just throw up. It's part of, of being a child, right? It's just, it's, it is what it is. Um, and our mothers were not people who liked to inconvenience themselves in any way, shape, or form, okay? So if you got sick and you threw up, especially if you were little and threw up in the kitchen or you threw up in the bathroom floor or wherever you threw up and she had to clean it up, there was hell to pay for that, okay? She was probably upset, angry, um, yelling because she was, oh, I have to clean this up now. I can't believe that you could have gone to, you know, just putting you down and and making you feel awful even though you were sick. Think about that. You were already feeling sick and they were yelling at you. And they were, they were making you feel like, like an inconvenience, like you were in the way. Okay. What does a good mother do in contrast A good mother will put you to bed or, you know, whatever the situation is. Do the right thing. Either keep you in the bathroom, take you to the bathroom, rub your back, tell you, oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to feel better soon. That's what a good mother does, right? It brings you ginger ale or crackers, um, makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel confident that you're going to get it better because that's what we need. And that's another thing with health anxiety is that we believe that we won't feel better soon. I still do this to my husband where if I don't feel good, I I say, when is this going to be over? And he never has an answer for me because that's not a normal question to ask. So anyway, um, I have a story and, you know, I always try to humanize the situation. So I've always been anxious, period. You know, just generalized anxiety. And when I was about eight or nine years old, we were visiting my aunt and my uncle in, we lived, for my New York people who know this, (laughs) We lived in Queens and they lived in Manhattan in Washington Heights. And we went over there to visit for, I don't remember what, you know, for some reason. We had to stay overnight 
And we were all sleeping together in one room. Now, I have an issue with sleeping with other people. Except for my husband and my daughter. Like, I can't sleep with anybody else. Um, And that's something that actually my mom was responsible for, too. Because she never let me go on sleepovers or anything. She she wouldn't let me do that. Um, And I can go into the reasons why they do that. But simply put... They don't want us to see what good mothers look like, right? So I'm forced to sleep in a room, in a in a, a bedroom with my aunt, my uncle, my mother, my father, myself. My, my mom, my dad, and myself slept on the floor on a mattress and my aunt and my uncle slept in a bed. So we were all in this room. I have a snoring issue where I can't really sleep if someone's snoring Um, So it was all these people, and I started to feel nauseous from the anxiety, and I finally got up because I realized I'm going to vomit, I'm going to throw up, and I made it to the bathroom, but I didn't make it to the the toilet. I didn't, I threw up before I was able to open the lid, and my mother, I guess, heard, and I don't remember that part. And she came in, and I remember her yelling at me. She yelled at me for getting sick, for for getting for throwing up when she was the cause of it. Knowing that I couldn't sleep with other people, better arrangements should have been made for our sleeping situation. I could sleep with my parents, but not with my my uncle in the room. Um. So that that was an experience I remember very very clearly. Um so now I'm an emetophobe like many of you. Okay, so moving on to health anxiety. Health anxiety as I explained before is just a general anxiety about your health. And really I I can give you a little uh tr- tricks and tips but When you feel something, right, let's say you're having palpitations, heart palpitations. That's a common one that people with health anxiety suffer from, you know. Having having heart palpitations and health anxiety don't go well together because anxiety pumps um, adrenaline and other hormones into your body that make your heart beat faster. So the more you're anxious about the palpitations, the more palpitations you'll have. So one of the things, and I know this isn't a cure-all, but is trying to to distract yourself, do something. Do something that requires brain power. Because then you will stop thinking about the heart palpitations and stop that the, the cycle of hormones and adrenaline and heart palpitations. Um, I know it's not easy to do. Believe me, it's just the best advice they can give you. Anyway, the reason that you have health anxiety, and right now we're dealing with COVID, so I haven't gone out of the house, and people don't think I'm saying it like it's not true. It's true. I don't leave this house. I I left this house last Wednesday, and I went to a park, and and, and honestly, I was scared. I was scared of being around other people, but it it was outdoors. I was able to, to, to convince myself that it was okay. And I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. If I sound stuffy, it's because I have chronic, um, 
sinus issues. Um, so we have health anxieties. So COVID has not been good to us, right? Except if we have social anxiety as well, it has kept us from dealing with people. And that might be something that you get comfortable with, but we need to get uncomfortable with it because we need to, when this is over and we're able to, to go out again, we need to be able to, because being around other people is important for our mental health. Anyway, why do we have health anxiety? Well, I remember many, many times uh, being a, a kid and my mother telling me um, to put a jacket on or a sweater or socks on because I would catch a cold. I have news for you. And now with COVID, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad, I'm almost glad it's happening for this only, for this reason only, nothing else is that it is clear that you don't catch a quote-unquote cold from being cold. You catch viruses from other people who have the virus who pass it on to you. Well, anyway, when I was a teenager, I remember getting sick one time, and my mother started yelling at me and blaming me for getting sick again, it's an inconvenience. Now she has to take care of me, for God's sakes, right? Um, and give me medicine and, and, you know, possibly have to take my temperature or whatever. But I will add, I had the flu when I was 15. I remember I was so sick I couldn't, I was, you know, barely conscious. And she never took me to a doctor. She never did anything. So that's part of it. It's neglect. The other part is they just hate having to deal with a sick kid, right? And then they start screaming at you and yelling at you and telling you it's your fault because you didn't put on socks or didn't put a sweater on. In my case, it was very specific to opening the window when it was chilly and sticking my head out the window because I had friends in the neighborhood and they'd yell for me and I would open the window and stick my head out. Big deal. So she could always remember, remember last week when you stuck your head out the window? That's not how you get sick. You get sick from a virus and you got it from someone else, probably at school or just being alive and walking around in the world. You're going to catch cold. You're going to catch the flu, right? It happens. A good mother, what does a good mother do? Oh, sweetheart, you don't feel well and you keep an eye on their condition, my daughter had the flu several times. My daughter is one of those kids who reacts with a fever. So every, you know, every time Emily get, got sick, here I go, we say her name, but it's so common, it doesn't matter. Um, she, I, I kept an eye on her fever to make sure. Um, and unfortunately, my health anxiety kind of spilled over to her because I would like take your temperature and then take it 15 minutes later and then take it 15 minutes later. And then I, I have to consciously say, stop the, doing that. You know, don't do that to her because you're, you're scaring her. Um, but my thing was if her temperature goes up, go to the, you know, go to a clinic. Um, my daughter's temperature went up one time so far and it wasn't, I had no idea she was sick because sometimes kids don't know they're sick. So they tell you, I'm cold, instead of saying anything else, right? Because the flu sometimes doesn't start with a sore throat. 
And overnight, her fever went really high. And went in the morning, it was 104. I freaked out. I got dressed. I, I got her dressed. When I, when I um, drove her to the clinic and she got out of the car, I remember her telling me, Mommy, I feel like I can't walk. I was hysterical. To the point that they took her in in front of everyone else. They gave her Tylenol and they gave her Advil, um, ibuprofen, to, to get the fever down. They gave me instructions, so I was giving her Tylenol and then two hours later, ibuprofen, and then two hours later, Tylenol. And when we were in the room, um, I'm sorry. See, this was a trigger for me. This is what a trigger looks like. We were in the room and one of the nurses was someone that I just, I had met at the clinic, but we became friendly. And Emily was in front of me. She couldn't see me. And I was crying hysterically. And the nurse looked at me and opened her eyes and said, no, don't cry. Because I was, you know, that would scare Emily. I was able to kind of suck it up and suck it in and take her home and take care of her. That's what a good mother does. A good mother feels for her kid and gets nervous. But not because she's going to be a burden, but because you are afraid that something bad will happen. I'm sorry, again, I apologize, but I make these podcasts on purpose, and if I get triggered, I get triggered, and that's okay. I have to work through this, and that's okay. I have to process it, and what a, what a better place than having you guys listen to it, right? And, and say, oh my God, yes, I know what she went through. I've been through that, too, with my own kids. So our own mothers didn't do that. They would never cry or be upset that we were sick because they were afraid. They were just upset because we were gonna we were gonna be an inconvenience or a burden. God forbid you got sick around the holidays and you know you were gonna ruin something. Um, so that that's why we have health anxiety and emetophobia and issues with our bodies. You know, I could go into a lot of things here, but I am very grateful for that person who commented on this because here's another podcast that came out of it that I thought I had made already and I didn't. Um, and it's a big deal. A lot of people are shocked when I post this, I've posted it before. Because it's like I never realized or had any clue that there was any connection between my health anxiety and my fear of vomit and my mother and her the way she raised me. So I hope this was helpful and it validates you and it it brings awareness to those issues. Because having that awareness, believe it or not, does help. Knowing that you have these issues because it was 
imprinted in you through their reaction makes you realize that, wait a minute, that's not, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. So I hope that this has helped you. I hope that, um, your emetophobia gets better because that's kind of a weird one to have, you know, (laughs) um, and your health anxiety and your obsessiveness with, with taking your pulse rate, um, with Graves disease, you can have heart issues too. And I, and I get obsessive with it, taking my pulse, taking my pulse and just kind of live, right? Just live. That's the only thing I can say is ground yourself in the moment. Look around and say, where am I? I'm home or I'm at work and I'm safe right now. I am safe. And that's how we live. We have to live like a cat. Okay. My cats do not have health anxiety. They, they're not afraid to vomit. Believe you me, they're not afraid to vomit. Um, because they live in this, in the moment. They're not worried about tomorrow. They're just living right now. They're sleeping on my favorite pillow and putting hair everywhere, but they don't, none of that matters because they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. That's, that's all that matters. And sometimes we have to be a cat or any other animal for that matter, um, who don't have this sense of time that we do. All right. I'm going to stop there and I hope that this was helpful and I apologize for my, my personal trigger breakdown, but I guess it's something I needed to work through and, you know, probably hang up and call my daughter, uh, who's 18 now. And that happened when she was like seven or eight. Um, so I just hope that this was informative and brought awareness to it and, and that you can kind of work through it. And if you're in therapy, talk about it with your therapist. Talk about it. All right, guys, you know what I always say at the end. I'm sending you my love. I'm sending you my knowledge, my education on this issue. And as much peace as I have right now, I'm sending to you. And until next time.